to the Golf Life Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Toby Ragland, also joined by my co-host, Mr. Jace Barber. How's it going, everybody? What's up, Tobes? And Jace will be uh, mainly watching the sound as we record. We've got some awesome guests today uh, to kick off the 2023 year of this podcast and fun to look back on 2022 and all the guests we had. And today we have two hosts or two guests that I, from the beginning of doing this podcast, these were two guys I was really hoping to get on um, this podcast together. Uh, we have Stephen Bunn uh, with College Golf Fellowship and then Jonathan Bird. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Toby? Guys. You got the old guys on now. You're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I look younger than you. <laughs> what's up, Jay Bird? <laughs> Hey, Bon. What's up, Toby? Wait a minute. Well, we're excited to have you you guys on, and you know, since you are the old guys, uh, we'll just start with that. Get you're you're not quite into the oldest category of professional golfer yet, uh, but where are you at in your current uh, career of golf? Are you talking about me or Jonathan? Let's let's go with Jonathan on that one. Okay, we, all right. We can do but, deep dive into the the games at the club. Later. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a follow up and let Bun kind of share where he's he at as well. Future club champion of Shoal Creek. <laughs> no chance. Um. Yep. Yeah, I've uh I've had about a twenty year career on the PGA Tour. Um. Some good, some bad. Um. It mostly it's been a great career. Um. I'm forty five at the end of this month. So. If the Champions Tour is still around in five years, uh, uh, that'll be a possibility for me. But I'm still grinding out trying to play on the PGA Tour. Uh, right now I'm a 126 to 150 category. Uh, so I am uh, I play when I get in, and uh, hopefully I'm, I'm hopeful to get in about 20 events this year. I'm sitting here. It's Tuesday at 11.15 uh, right now. I'm first alternate for Hawaii at the moment. So last year I was – First alternate on Tuesday, I flew out, uh, got there Wednesday afternoon, sat on the range all day Thursday, never got in. So uh, surely that can happen two years in a row. So uh, tomorrow I'm flying to Hawaii and uh, hoping I get in. But there's a lot of that during the season, kind of waiting to see if you get in, and then other weeks you do get in and you try to take advantage of your opportunities. But that's where I am in professional golf right now. That's awesome that you're getting on a plane tomorrow to go there. so cool to just look back on the fact that you've had a nice long career that a lot of guys would admire. And I want to take you back to kind of your college days. Walk us through kind of what freshman year at Clemson was like for you walking on campus, learning, qualifying, getting to know your teammates. What was that like? Well, I I look back on college as, I mean, it was a lot of fun, you know, to go from high school, obviously, I really look forward to going to college for multiple reasons. Uh, you know, I, I was excited to go to Clemson, excited to have a golf scholarship there. Uh, I really enjoyed playing for Larry Penley. And I had a lot of teammates on my on my team that were from the South. You know, we were kind of all raised, you know, similar upbringing. So we just kind of all got along. Um, and we just had a lot of fun. You know, it was it was fun trying to get better at golf. It was fun you know, I don't know about how fun school was. That was kind of a burden, but, you know, I did pretty well in school and, you know, had fun in college. Um, so freshman year was just kind of a, a lot of new, you know, uh, never been away from home, 
you know, my parents, I, I look back on them being, to me, they seem pretty strict. I don't know if that was actually the case. Um, so I had a newfound freedom in college and, and really enjoyed it. My first tournament in college was in Japan was the Topi cup. So I got to get to college and within a week, I'm on a plane going to Japan for eight days. So, um, I played every tournament out in college that we had other than maybe one I missed for a big event, maybe. Um, so I had a great experience at Clemson and, um, I look back on it with fondness. That's awesome. And and when did college golf fellowship kind of come into your life? When did you meet Bun? Share some of those stories. I think I was a, I think I was a junior. Would that sound correct, Bun? Sophomore or junior? I thought, I thought sophomore, but it may be junior. I don't know. It's We're kind old. of blurry. But I, I do feel like I, I did not meet – the first year and a half of college, if I'd have met anybody from College Golf Fellowship, I, I probably would have pushed him away. Um, I was pretty consumed with just, you know, the college experience and um, and going out at night and just kind of – trying to capture as much fun as I could and, and capture the whole college experience. And, and, uh, I, first year half of college, I don't think I went to church once, um, really had no desire for a relationship with God. Probably didn't know totally what that meant. Um, could probably give you all the right answers, but it wasn't really important in my life. Um, that was the first year and a half. So I, I look back on it thinking it was probably my junior year that I met Bun at uh in hilton head at the golf world yes right at uh arthur hills yep that's it yeah yeah yep. and i remember i remember i'm like who is this guy i'm like why is he following me you know he's like you know, he's why was kinda, i following you you know <laughs> i didn't know that, you <laughs> that there was somebody it was a, my first experience of somebody in college that was outside of clemson outside of my parents outside of somebody from my hometown that was out there who was interested in you know, how I was doing and, um, you know, what, what, what I was all about. And, um, I think that was, a you know, just kind of an initial friendship and, and, um, and then Steven followed that up with coming to Clemson a couple of times, um, and just kind of spending some time with, uh, myself and a, another guy on the team, Elliot Geely and, and, uh, going to lunch and starting some conversations and, Steven gave me a book more than a carpenter, um, which is, and, I, and I, my junior year is where I, I became, I feel like I became a believer and, um, where Christ really radically changed my heart. And, uh, it was good timing because I was a new believer. And then I had this guy come alongside me and start, you know, spending time with me and giving me good books. And, and I started to grow. Well, Bun, I'd love to hear. Recording in progress. Love to hear you ask some questions as well. And uh, won't you sh- won't you share a little bit more about meeting Jonathan for the first time? He must he was probably playing with Bama that day. Um, Bama was not at that him. tournament. I lived in um, I lived in North Carolina at the time, Toby, and um, I went over. Puggy Blackman was the coach at South Carolina, and I I don't remember. I think Golf World. I don't remember who. I guess Golf World sponsored it. Um, it was kind of a like like the ping preview that used to uh, be around. And and um, Puggy Blackman, longtime coach at Georgia Tech in South Carolina, he and his wife invited me to come over and stay with them at Hilton Head and come get to know guys. 
that tournament. I was relatively new with, with CGF at the time. And, and so that was a, just a good time for me just to get to know guys and kind of figure out what in the world I'm going to do at these events. And, um, and I remember uh, Puggy giving me a heads up that I might want to meet Jonathan Bird. Um, and I was like, is that the guy with the rolled up sleeves over there? And, um, and yes, Jonathan, you had your sleeves rolled up, but I will give you a break in that golf clothes back then were so baggy um, that I think you were doing it for that reason, not to try to show off your guns. Yeah, we had these, man, we had these Nike clothes that were just <laughs> enormous <laughs> and they stretched really bad. So everything was rolled up or I just was too proud to order a small well, I used to enjoy following y'all around, and uh, obviously your coach, he's Larry Penley, is just one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And uh, he, he and I hit it off pretty quick, too, and just watching him over the years. And after the NCA uh, banned tobacco on the golf courses, um, how many times I would step one foot out of bounds and hang out with him while he uh, took a little drag on his Paul Malls. And uh, those were some great things. <laughs> hey, Bud, I'm just curious what year? What year was that? Uh, probably '98, '99, somewhere around in there. Wow. Yeah, so I was I was like three years old. It's crazy. You know what, Jace? Just go ahead and hit the mute button. <laughs> All right, All going right, going back on mute. <laughs> but I think that's actually cool to point out that some people are like, "How long has CGF been around?" Well. It, it's been around at least that long and then much longer than that. We'll get kind of into more of the history at some point, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, they were so, yeah, we, as much as we've expanded and grown, they were so desperate back then they hired me. <laughs> and, uh, and so somehow I've just kind of, I've, I've just kind of gotten out of the way of all the bullets that have been on staff now for a long time. And Jonathan is a real central figure in that. In fact, not only, and this is one of the cool things. And I just say this to the college guys that are listening. If, you know, if, if I don't know where y'all are, um, in terms of your faith journey. Uh, but just even if you're just pursuing, kicking it around, or, or you've got a relationship with the Lord, um, these CGF staff guys that are, that are coming around your team, get to know them. And I'll just tell you that one of the, one of the highlights of, of doing ministry is Jonathan and I met way back then. And here we are, you know, 23 or four years later, and I don't have many friends on the planet that are closer to me than, than Jonathan. And that is now spilled over into our families or, or dear friends. And, um, I delight, you know, in hanging out with his children on the road now with the PGA tour. And we're just kind of part of the woodwork and we've done life together for 23, 24 years. And, and so there's a lot of benefit in, in these relationships. And, and so if those staff guys are coming around, get to know them and, um, and just kind of spend time. Um, they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but they are, um, they're very, they'll be very interested in you and it'll be, it, it would just be neat to see where life will take y'all. Yeah. And I got introduced to CGF probably around 2006 and was able to kind of watch how close you guys already were at that point. Um, and Jonathan, you helping kind of co-host Davis loves retreat and just learning so much of listening to, to how you guys talked about things of the Lord, how you talked about, um, your own struggles, your own sin. Um, I didn't see you guys as, as guys going, Hey, we've got this together. Um, here's how to do it. We're going, no, we are sinners in need of a savior. Um, and, you know, doing life together, um, just learned a lot, just observing, um, at that age. Um, and it's fun to see now, uh, even 
close to 20 years after that. So Jonathan, what, what have you kind of seen with the growth of, of CGF? You've been very intimately involved with us um, over the years. Uh, what have you observed as we, as we've grown? Well, I think the cool part, I mean, the coolest part is just to see how much it's multiplied and grown. You know, when I, when I first got exposed to CGF, it was three staff guys. Um, now it's 28. And, and it's just, you know, when there were three staff guys, we had three high quality hires with CGF. I mean, that they were there before I was around, but, you know, just quality um, guys who are great at what they do and relation, building relationships and um, pouring into guys, doing counseling, you know, you know, helping guys kind of navigate the Bible and, and, and learn scripture and, and just being a, a, a voice in their life. You know, I mean, that was what attracted me to the ministry is to have, you know, somebody who I could tell who cared about me and wanted to see me uh, become wise, um, wanted to see me build my life on a, on the rock of Jesus Christ. And, and, um, and, and they've helped me navigate life. They've helped me navigate marriage. They've helped me navigate, um, you know, a career on the PGA tour, the ups and downs of that, uh, the help me navigate having kids and traveling, help me navigate teenagers, help me navigate, you know, the death of a family, you know, my, my dad passed away in 2000, uh, I guess it was 2000, 2009. Um, so just all these milestones in life that I've, that I've gone through, you know, the common thread is I look to my right or my left and I've had these guys just along the journey with me and I've been able to walk through things that happen in their life too. So, um, it's just made life sweeter. And, and as I've seen the, the ministry grow, we just continually made great hires and hired quality. The guys are younger, obviously, but these guys are just doing, they're just kind of, you know, building on the same model. It's just, we just got a, the web, the, the influence and the, it's just more spread out. We're able to, you know, they're able to impact more guys um, across the country and uh, now on the PGA tour. Cause when they started, it was just in college and now it's, you know, on the PGA tour as these guys have moved up from college. So it's been very natural as the ministry has grown, but it's, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's God's really, you've seen God's hand on it. And it's just been fun to watch. Hmm. That's good. Hey, Jibber, let me ask you this. Um, just, it just has me thinking with your, all your years of experience and thinking that um, I assume that most of the people listening to this will be college golfers. Um, I'm sure I know it goes out wider than that, but <laughs> and they, one of the things that most of them will have, um, they'll have a parent that's been very involved um, in their golf journey. And thinking about you, you've got a son. That, this is kind of a remarkable thing. You're, I think you're one of the first uh, within our organization, anyway, to go through this. But you have a son that's going to be a highly ranked recruit who's an incredible junior player, um, uh, Jackson. Uh, what has that been like for you? Like, what have you seen in your relationship with him? Um, and, 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 and how, how are you as a dad? I want to know, first of all, how are you as one of these – dads that are sitting outside the rope or even when you caddy for them, like um, what are, what are some things you've kind of witnessed about yourself as a golf dad and how you stack up? <laughs> right. Well, I think first and foremost is, 
you know, in the last three, four years, Jackson's kind of just continued to get better and it's been fun to watch. I've, originally I, I, I thought I don't want my son to play golf. Just we've had too much golf in our life and just be cool if he played a different sport and that's not never my choice. And he was good at golf. He chose golf because he was good at it and he continues to get better. So it's been really fun to watch him play some events that I've played in as a junior and some events that I wasn't good enough to get in. Um, but I've walked these fairways with other parents and initially I, I think God's given me a great perspective on golf because a lot of these parents are just frantic, you know, to, to try to figure out what their son needs to hopefully play on the PGA tour. And they feel like I have all the answers, you know, that I'm going to be able to just put my kid through this schedule and this program and it's going to work out. And it just doesn't, it, you just can't, the, the, there's no perfect um, map for that. So I think I've been able to encourage some parents out along the way and just be like, man, your, your kid's so good at golf. You know, you just kind of keep loving on them and encourage them and, and create opportunities for them where you can, as long as your kid likes to work at it and, and love it, he's going to be successful at it, but you just can't, you can't control the outcome. So I think I've been able to have a perspective for parents maybe uh, when they've asked me questions but like I'm, I'm, I'm just as clueless as as some other parents because I, I don't know all the right answers. Even though I've played professional golf, you know, it's and it's hard being a parent because you you're pulling so hard for your kid and you want them to be successful and you want all their dreams to come true and and you want to make it happen for them. But sometimes the best thing you can do is just get out of the way and just keep telling your kid you love them, keep telling them you're proud of them, and correct them here and there and, and tell them, you know, you don't, we're kind of going the wrong way here. You're going the wrong way here. And, um, but the best thing I can do for my son is just tell him I'm proud of him. And I love him. And, um, and just be there. You know, I've tried to be at junior tournaments. I've tried to show support. And this summer it was pretty cool. I got the caddy for him when he was little, pretty small, like in some initial events. And that was, you know, <laughs> every fourth hole we're, we're, we're having, you know, there's tears and I want to quit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was so emotional because he was so new to tournament golf, you know? And it was just like, it was just like, can we just keep it together for these nine holes was the goal. Um, and now he's just like, he's this grown man almost and, and hitting it 20 yards by me and he's out there just competing and, and I, I got to caddy for him in the Southern Junior this summer. And I, I mean, I was, I, I, I went into it and I'm like, I'm going to be that, I'm, I'm going to be a caddy first. I'm not going to be a dad. I'm going to just kind of stay out of the way and give him minimal information. And it wasn't four holes into the tournament. I was so nervous and um, <laughs> giving him, saying, Jackson, just whatever you do, don't hit it here, which is like <laughs> the biggest mistake you can make as a caddy is to tell him not where to hit it. And I did that like three or four times. And I'm just like kicking myself. Um, and then I just get too emotional where I'm just, you know, I'm getting frustrated and he's looking at me like, dad, get it together. Um, <laughs> it used to be me telling him to get it together. And now he's telling me that. So sometimes there's some role reversals. Um, you know, it's hard walking the cart path, you know, I'd rather be playing than watching. So I feel like I have no control. You know, when I'm playing, I feel like I have a little more control of the outcome, but, um, I'm a super proud dad. Um, it's been 
with a lot of ups and downs. Like he just played in the tournament. This week was really cool. Um, and I, I, I don't want to keep talking so much. I'm going to keep moving here, but this week Jackson play got to play in the Jones cup here at sea Island. And he got a spot um, because he's a low, he's one of the better local players and it was a big tournament for him. But we had, we got to host uh, the Bible study at our house and the CGF staff um, was there. And um, William came did the, did the teaching and he got to see these other kids um, who he looks up to in college golf um, we had about eight or, you know, nine, uh, players there and some caddies and, and, uh, what a joy that was to build a, you know, for one of Jackson's tournaments to host the CGF ball say at our house. And, and then, you know, he had some comments after and, um, and then, you know, William taught on sermon on the Mount about building your life. Um, a wise man builds his house on a rock. Uh, and then the fool builds his house on sand and Williams pretty much posing the question of these guys, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to be like the wise man? Or are you going to be like the fool? And he's pretty much pleading with these guys, you know, there's no better decision you can make in your life than to, to build your life on the rock, Jesus Christ. And, and, and after the tournament, Jackson had a pull around on Sunday and it, it just created an opportunity for me to encourage him and just that he's getting better, even though he didn't play well on Sunday and, you know, are we going to build our life on rankings and just this performance trap we can get lost in of the ups and downs of golf? You know, I'm good because I shot 68. I'm terrible because I shot 78. And mm-hmm. it's such an up and down journey that I don't envy, uh, you know, people that are, that can play golf, you know, for a living. It's one of the harder things, but I've been through it. So I can encourage my son, like, you know, let's, let's put our, trust in something that's unchanging, which is, which is uh, our savior and and not in this game that is often going to disappoint us. So I feel like God's given me the the opportunity that I can kind of, you know, share in the struggle that I have. I still struggle with that. And I see my son struggling with that, that I can encourage him in that, that way and point him to something better. So one of the things that I have observed, um, just in sport in general right now, um, specifically within college with all of the open transfers and the, tra- you know, the whole transfer portal and be- people being able to leave and then observing parents and trying to guard myself from this as I was raising my boys. Um, there, there's a tendency, or there seems to me, um, a lot of people don't allow or want their children to fail. Um, but yet golf is a game where it comes with a lot of adversity. And so through your 20 plus year career as a, as a professional and then all of the amateur golf, I mean, you were a three-time All-American at Clemson. Um, you've played in junior golf, all this kind of stuff. How have you seen adversity, in other words, failing? How have you seen that develop character in you and how you've seen that help you in your life, not only in golf, but on the course, but off the course. Well, I think, I think for me, you know, f- you know, failing and then how you deal with failing um, is certainly something that I have not dealt well, dealt well with um, in my career. A lot of times, um, you know, the, 
failing and how you deal with it, I think is created, um, helped develop some grit and resiliency, um, just in my, as a golfer, um, because you really have to make a choice and, you know, what are you going to believe in? You know, am I going to believe in, am I going to learn from this or am I just going to kind of beat myself up or just act like I don't care and not learn from it? So in order to get better, um, you know, and we learn the most in failure, you know, whether it be just playing horrible or leading a golf tournament and then, you know, blowing it coming in, um, we can either develop a really bad pattern of thinking that I, that I, I just can't do it or I'm, I'm not good enough or I always make this mistake or we can learn from it and say, you know, this is not who I am, you know, next time, how can I, in this situation, think better or respond differently. Um, and I, I think the, I've really learned the most uh, through failure as a golfer and not through the successes um, that have, it just helped me to develop resiliency and grit. I mean, and I think the best golf from the golfers in the world, they just, they're very resilient and, and they, and they, they kind of accept failure as, as part of the game and they move on. Um, as a, as off the golf course, it's just really, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I struggle in my identity as a man and believing that, you know, I am, that I'm, that golf is kind of who I am and how I perform kind of affects just how I feel about myself. And, and it's just a, it's a terrible performance trap. So, you know, I, in the areas I've, I've struggled with this, you know, and, and when I failed that I, that kind of, I just beat myself up. Um, and, and that hasn't, uh, I, I regret that over my career. I wish I'd learned some of these lessons earlier. Um, instead of just being like, man, I, I gave it my best. Um, instead I've just kind of, I've chosen to beat myself up and that, and it hasn't always helped. So, um, I don't know. No, that's good. I, I, you know, I just think about as I've, that's one thing I've watched as I've, I've seen in my many years out around the sport and just around college athletics. Um, we're just watching the transfer portal. Now that's one of my fears is that guys will not learn from adversity that at the first sign of um, adversity, they ship off to another program. And that's not to, to belittle anyone that transfers. I, I understand there's all kinds of circumstances and things like that, but just to, to try, you know, to understand that there is great value in what we can learn and the character that can develop from adversity and failure in our life. Um, Jonathan, one of the things that, you know, you and I have a lot in common. Um, we um, just similar worldviews, um, our sense of senses of humor, whatever how you say that, I don't know the proper grammar. Our sense of humor <laughs> is very similar and, and, uh, but one of the things that I admire the most about you um, is your your heart for Jesus. And I would just love for kind of for you to give just kind of a summary of what your view of your relationship with him is like what it is and what it isn't um, like just if we want to get to know Jonathan Bird, what is Jonathan Bird? How does his heart beat for Jesus and why? Well, I really think um, it all starts with the gospel. And there was a time in my life, and I would say that I 
I did not understand the gospel uh, as a young man and going to college. Um, I really felt like what it meant to be a Christian was just a list of do's and don'ts. And I think that's probably because of my, um, maybe my ignorance or just, just that my God hadn't opened my eyes to the gospel yet. And I really felt like the Christian life was, as long as I do the right thing, maybe God will bless me or, or just do the right thing because it's the right thing. Um, I also felt like, you know, God was kind of ripping me off because if I felt like if I did everything the Bible said, that I, I wasn't going to have a life of joy and, and um, satisfaction. I thought he was kind of holding out. Um, so it kind of starts with a, a, the wrong view of Christianity and the gospel. And, and it halfway through my sophomore year, um, as I was running away from God, I really felt like God was chasing me down (laughs) as I get choked up. Um, and, and I, and as I continued to make poor decisions, God was chasing me down just, and I, what I heard from him was that he loved me and that he was, and that he wanted a relationship with me. And I, as I'm running the opposite direction, I'm like, I am unworthy of this, um, this love and this grace that God's extending to me. Um, because as a golfer, you kind of feel like you got to go earn whatever you get. You got to perform to win the prize. And I knew I was not performing. So why would God run me down? And so I knew, um, my sin fell short of God's standard perfection. I knew his standard was perfection. And, and I think in those middle of that year, I feel like God really, you know, opened my eyes to who he was, um, his love for me and all of us, how he showed that love for us on the cross and, and, uh, living the life that we couldn't live and dying the death that we deserved on the cross. Um, and, and extending this gift to us that we didn't deserve. And, um, and pretty much all I did in college was turn around, um, and receive this gift that he was extending to me. So I think, I think as I've walked through life since that moment, I think God has like, it's been awesome to, as I, I still feel like I'm understanding the gospel more clearly as I get older. It's not something that I figured out in college and now I've, you know, now I've worked hard to become a better Christian. I think, you know, back to that, the area of failure, I I continue to fall short. I continue to, you know, love the world instead of loving God or, or not trust him in some area of my life. So I'm, 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 I continue to come to him in repentance and, and ask him to change me and help me to understand the gospel more clearly. And, and, um, and any good thing you see in my life that, I think it's because he's changed my heart and given me a heart to share the good news of Jesus Christ or to share some hope he's, he's given me or some truth that somebody's helped me understand. Um, that's just radically changed my life. Man, I, those are good words. And I, I think about if to any young man or woman listening to this, or I don't care your age, but primary, just thinking of the primary audience, um, what Jonathan said about God chasing after him is, is something that is that is true of us all. And my encouragement would be to you is to stop, if, if you are, stop running from him. 
and, and know and hear the difference of what Jonathan talked about. That the, that the message of the Bible is, is not a measure of your performance and a scorecard like in golf. It's completely different. Um, what is required of you has been met by Jesus himself. He took the requirement on himself. And the shame, the guilt, the penalty that would come from our violations of what are, are not measuring up to what is required, he took that punishment on. And that's what Jonathan called the gospel. And, and I've been in ministry for a long time now. Um, I went, after I graduated college, I started working with college students and have been doing that and coming alongside people now for 28 years of my life. And as Jace pointed out so very lovingly, um, I'm old. And the one thing I would say to you as, a, as an old man, here I am all these years later, and the people that are close to me have heard me say this so many times, but there's not a day that I don't struggle with doubt. Um, and I tell people that the, the biggest fear in my life is when I lay in bed at night is to think that there is no God because I've yet to be in a place as far as dying to see him physically, to touch him. But yet I have this pile of evidence that exists in my life, both historically, the message of the Bible, and through the stuff that Jonathan talked about where God works and changes on his, changed his heart and pursued him. I've experienced those things. And so my doubt has decreased, but it's still there. But I have this big pile of evidence that sits next to me in my life that tells me that there is a God and that I can trust him. And the message of the Bible says is there's there's no other philosophy or world religion or another thought that I want to put my eggs in but that basket. And I would, that's one of the things I would just implore you to 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 discover for yourself and to stop running from him and to put your eggs in the in the basket, so to speak, of the truth of what Jesus claimed and who he is. I I I I, I truly dare you to find a better way. Um because I think we all sit and Jonathan, I think you would know this. I think we sit with our pillows and head at, you know, our head on a pillow at night. And we kind of ask those big questions in life. And we wonder who we are, who we are in relation to God. Is there a God? If there is a God, how do I know him? And it just makes such good logical sense. And it's backed up by a bunch of historical evidence and enough that my eggs are all in. But I'm just being honest with you that here I am as an old man. And I still struggle with doubt. And so I need people like Jay Bird and Toby and Jace and other people in my life to help remind me of, of the truth of, of who I am. Um, and uh, it's, it's really encouraging. So, and John, so talk about that, like just how you have seen other people and how God is, has brought that stuff in your own life. Because any time that we, that we, that what the Bible calls sin, which is just an imperfection, like anytime we do that, or anytime we have a fear of death, that's in a way us doubting God, right? And who he is. How have you seen other people come along to you, alongside you and, and, and encourage you in those times of struggle and doubt in your life? Well, I think like, I mean, Bible studies that we've, that I've been, been able to be a part of, like, you know, last week at the Jones cup, we had a Bible study and just, just the, just the opportunity to stand in a group of room with guys and go, yeah, yeah, I struggle with that too. <laughs> Um, you know, to, to share with each other that we all struggle with the with similar things because Satan is just flooding us with uh, lies uh, and deceiving us that 
that we're the only person that struggles with that or, um, or that this, this sin's got a grip on us. And it was always was have a grip on us. And, mm. you know, just getting in a, in a, in a, in a Bible study or a room with guys, um, and, and sharing our struggles or just being real, um, has always been the, probably the greatest encouragement to me in my life is, um, or just like on the PGA tour, we have phone calls where we'll do a Bible study or go through a book together. And, and not only are we learn in truth and we're learning scripture, um, but we're just kind of sharing in our struggles and growing together as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. So, um, that's certainly one way. Um, you know, my wife, has has sharpened me, has sharpened me a lot just just being married just reveals so many uh so much sin in my life just because I, I realized how selfish i am and how i look out for my own interests and it's it's uh and then having kids has been a, another sharpener in my life obviously um so i mean just there's there's so many different ways but those are probably the, the top three for me it's just um but there's not much better than being in a, in a, a real um, growing group with a, with other guys who are in a similar stage of life as you are. Yeah, yeah that's so good. So, so good. I didn't mean to cut you off there, man. No, I you're good. kind of got lost in the conversation. Um, I'm just sitting back enjoying listening to you guys. Um, every time we, we're together, um, I'm just always encouraged by listening to you guys talk about life um, and just encouraged of how, the emotion that comes out when talking about your savior um, is awesome to experience. And, and this, the recording, this has been so fun to do because literally the first week we started talking about having a podcast, this was one of the main ones we wanted to have on. And I was certainly encouraged, um, loved hearing more of your story, Jonathan. And I mean, I could sit on here and listen to you guys talk for hours. Um, what we're going to move into now is uh, our rapid fire questions to close out uh, today's podcast. You ready, Jonathan? I'm ready. All you right, look we'll like see. you're at Starbucks about to put your order in, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it looks like my window's down, but anyway. Um, all right. So we'll start with what is your dream foursome? Just start with that dead or alive. Dreamforce, my dad has never really gotten to watch my son play golf. So to play with my brother and my dad and then Jackson would just be a, it'd be awesome. Wow. That's good. Would the NCAA allow that right now? <laughs> Say that again? Is that a, would the NCAA allow that one right now? Oh yeah. Cause of your, cause, cause of his <laughs> uncle. Prior relationship. <laughs> I like it. All right. So which course would y'all play? Could be any, anywhere in the world. Augusta National, of course. Love it. Um, it. It's an easy question with the picture of him behind you. Who's one of your favorite golfers? Stephen Byrne. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, no, there's a there's a picture of Hogan behind him, not Stephen Byrne. That's, Bunn, but, that's you know, Hogan. I kind of became a fan when I got out of college and – and got some of these pictures and stuff. It's it's fun looking at his swing and everything. Um, he's similar body size than I was, and I, I don't swing like him. But um, it's probably changed over the years, though. I've, I've become a, a lot, you know, I think with social media and become a bigger uh, Tiger Woods fan. Just, watch, I mean, it's fun watching videos of him. 
Uh, hey, Toby, I, I, I've got a rapid fire question that I'm going to answer for Jonathan and I both. <laughs> Go it's for it. So it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> Who do y'all most want to be like? Both people would answer at the same time Davis Love. All right, keep going. <laughs> we need to have D Love on next. Jonathan, Jonathan, I just, we just sit there and admire everything that Davis does. Uncle Davis, he does. I, I've never known him. MacGyver has nothing on DL3. <laughs> Uncle Davis. Uh, we can do anything. Jaybird, what is your favorite meal on the road? Like, if you have to go get something after the course, where are you going? Ah, uh, man, good question. Um, favorite meal. Um, I love my favorite meal is to have a really good tournament on a Sunday, high finish, and then go get just a really good cheeseburger. Mm. It's kind of my cheap meal is a really good cheeseburger, fries. Um, nice. That's and maybe a cold beverage. <laughs> Love it. Sweet. Final question. Favorite PGA Tour chaplain? <laughs> That's easy. Dave Kruger. <laughs> good Jeez, answer. That question. That's the OG there now. Good answer. All right. Well, Jaybird, thank you so much. Bun, it was so good to have you on. Um, We definitely need to circle this back, have Uncle Davis on. Um, And honestly, probably we we honestly need to have a part two with you, Jaybird, because I don't think we even scratched the surface of what we could have talked about. Um, Thank you so much, Toby. We had a Jackson on. Hey, that'd be great. A little father-son duo. I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be good. All right, fellas, you all have a great day. And uh, everybody is listening. Look forward to releasing the next podcast uh, in a couple weeks. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Golf Life Faith podcast. Whether you're a college golfer, a coach, or you just love golf, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at collegegolffellowship.com. Also, check us out on Instagram at collegegolffellowship and on Twitter at CGFTweet. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for the next episode next month. Cheers.